we have uh, his eminence metropolitan anba yusef we'll hear the opening uh, messages of our uh, guests this is my first visit to philippines and actually since i came here i am received with warm welcome from the filipino people and uh, i experienced their love their hospitality their kindness their meekness i am very happy to be here for spending two weeks here uh, already departing in two days on friday god willing i will leave with very good memories about this blessed country and god willing hopefully i will visit it again i'm very happy to be in the country of philippines please tell us about your church after the ascension of our lord jesus christ to heaven all the disciples and the apostles spread all over the world to preach christianity san mark the author of the second gospel went to egypt in year 46 a.d which about 13 years after the ascension of our lord jesus christ to heaven and he established christianity in egypt and other areas like in rome in antioch definitely in jerusalem and in west africa so these became main centers of christianity all over the world all the churches all over the world had one faith unfortunately in the fifth century there was difference in opinion regarding the divinity of our lord jesus christ and his humanity his nature whether he has the two natures the divinity and the humanity whether they are separate or united together some churches lived in one nature from two natures some churches believed in two natures in one person unfortunately this caused a split in the christian people so the church that's in egypt believed in one nature from two natures but the roman church church of rome believed in two natures in one person another major split happened between east and, and west in year 1054 in the 11th century regarding whether the holy spirit proceeds only from the father or from the father and the son it is known in latin filioque our church also believes in the procession of the holy spirit only from the father but the roman church believes in the procession of the holy spirit from the father and the son so in order to define the churches the church of rome took the name catholic so now it's known as roman catholic the churches that believe in the procession of the holy spirit only from the father they took the name orthodox because the word orthodox means straight right unchanged and according to the gospel of john chapter 15 we read that the holy spirit proceeds only from the father that's why we are called orthodox and the church of rome called the roman catholic now the orthodox churches are known by background of their countries for example when we say greek orthodox means the orthodox church in greece when we say russian orthodox means the orthodox church in russia so the word coptic means egyptian it's very simple if you replace the c with g then it would be egypt so egyptian orthodox church or coptic 
Orthodox Church. So when we say we are the Coptic Orthodox Church, means we are the church in Egypt that's founded by Saint Mark, one of the 70 apostles, in year 46 after the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ by 13 years. We believe in Maya thesis. Maya means one, thesis nature. So we are Maya Fisite, Maya Fisite, one nature from two natures. And also this union between humanity and divinity without mingling, without confusion, without alteration. Also we believe in the Holy Spirit proceed only from the Father. And these are the main differences between us and the Roman Catholic. But the Roman Catholic believe in two natures, in one person, and believe also in the procession of the Holy Spirit from the Father and the Son. When we refer to the Christian in Egypt, we call them Coptic Orthodox Church, Egyptian Orthodox Church. And the Roman Catholic Church, as I explained, they believe in two natures in one person, as well as they believe in the procession of the Holy Spirit from the Father and Son. There are many other differences later on, like purgatory, like immaculate conception, like the infallibility of the Pope, like the primacy of Peter. Unfortunately, many other differences made the union between two churches very challenging. But on the other side, there are many things that are common between the two churches. Like both churches believe in the seven sacraments, believe in the Holy Trinity, believe in the incarnation of the Son of God, in the divinity of Christ, in the salvation over the cross. There are many, many things are common together. And now there is a dialogue between the Roman Catholic Church and the Coptic Orthodox Church who are trying to bridge the differences between the two churches. In May 10th, 2023, there was a meeting between His Holiness Pope Tawadros, the Pope of the Coptic Orthodox Church, with His Holiness Pope Francis, the Pope of the Roman Catholic Church. And this was a very remarkable meeting between two churches, and they exchanged words of love and words of support to each other, and both churches working together through the spirit of love and understanding to bridge the, the differences between two churches so that we become one faith and in this way if we are one faith then we'll be one church. What is your main purpose of uh, visiting uh, Philippines most importantly here in Tacloban City? The mother church in Egypt, the Coptic Orthodox Church, started to have a church here in Philippines. We have a church in Tacloban, we have a center in Manila, and another in another island. So the ministry or the service started here, I think, from 2011 until now. We are also members of the Coptic Orthodox Church, but I am based in the United States. We come here to visit the Coptic Orthodox Church to show them support and to show them love and also to show the Filipino people that we care for them because we came from America with a medical group in order actually to offer medical service for free as a part of service as the Lord Jesus Christ told us I was sick and you visited me so we came here with medical group and also with Sunday school servants to help in the ministry here 
and also to show support to the local San Mark Coptic Church here in Philippines. So, are the difference of uh, the cross? Because I observe that there's a difference of uh, the cross uh, that you are holding at, with uh, the Catholic Church. In general, there is no difference between the cross in the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church, but a different design. So that's one design. This is another design. Different design. Just the, the design. But, but it's just but the same. The sign of the cross. Just sign of the cross, but different design. So there is no difference in the cross between the Coptic Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church. Even when we make the sign of the cross, when we say. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. It is similar to the Catholic Church. There was an initial talk between the two popes, the uh, Pope Francis of the Roman Catholic Church and uh, the Pope of the Coptic Orthodox Church. So I think there's a plan to merge uh, the two churches. So what would be the purpose of such if uh, there is an uh, initial talk to merge with the ano? What uh, programs or what practices would be followed? Would it be from the Roman Catholic Church or from the Orthodox Church? In John chapter 17, the Lord Jesus Christ, in his prayer before going to the cross, he prayed that all may be one. And in the creed, we say we believe in one Catholic, apostolic or Church of God. The desire of the heart of God that all of us would be one in church with no divisions among us. The division, as I said, is mainly because of theological matters. So we need to discuss these theological matters. And once we agree on the differences and we reconcile the differences in theology and in faith, then we can be one in church. But to tell you the truth, if there is a split now, for 16 centuries, it will not be reconciled in just 10 years or whatever. It may take a long time. But uh, now there is a group from the Catholic Church, and there is another group from the Coptic Orthodox Church, and they meet together. One time they meet in Rome, another time they meet in Egypt, and they discuss the matters of faith. Hopefully, if we are going to reach understanding a certain formula of one faith, this would be the first step in the process of uniting two churches. But as I said, it is not easy. It will take some time because a split of 16 centuries cannot be repaired in a few years. What would be your comment on the, the different uh, religions that uh, we have now, the, the born again, the being established here in the city particularly and in the other parts of the country. So what can you say about that? Regarding born again, actually they are just using a term that can be applied to the Orthodox and to the Catholic Church. Those who are calling themselves born again mainly are Protestant in their theology. And the way they say, if I say I believe in Jesus Christ, then I be born again of the Spirit. In the Catholic Church and also in the Orthodox Church, both of us are born again Christian. Why? In baptism, we are born again, as the Lord said in John chapter 3, unless one is born again of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So in baptism, we are born again from water and spirit. 
So in a way, the baptized people in the Catholic Church and in the Orthodox Church, they can call themselves born-again Christians. But I have a question for the born-again Protestant, because they don't baptize, and they don't believe in baptism as a sacrament. And the Lord made it very clear, unless you are born again of water and spirit, water and spirit. But they don't use water. They just say, if you believe in Jesus Christ, then you are born again of the spirit. But they don't use water. So in reality, the born again Christian are the Orthodox and the Catholic and any church that believe in true baptism of the Lord Jesus Christ. But those who say they are born again without being baptized in the water or believing in the baptism of the water as a sacrament in which the Holy Spirit is sent on the waters of baptism, then there is a big question mark whether they are truly born again or just that they are claiming that they are born again Christian. Do you believe in the patron saints on Mama Mary? Yes, we believe in patron saints who believes definitely in St. Mary, the mother of God, Archangel Michael, and all the heavenly ranks like Archangel Gabriel, Archangel Raphael, uh, Archangel Suriel. We believe also in the apostles, the 12 and the 70. We believe in saints, martyrs, and like St. Asamesh, uh, who wrote the creeds from Egypt, and also to me, the first monk. We built churches. We named the church after a saint, like St. Mark Orthodox Church, St. Anthony Orthodox Church, Archangel Raphael Orthodox Church, and so on. Many of us, we have a patron saint intercessor, special intercessor. For example, I have like friendship with St. Anthony. He is becoming my personal intercessor, and so on. So the church, every church has a patron saint. And even people, they love the saints and they develop personal relationship with the saints. I have noticed that we have the same sign of the cross, we have the same uh, prayer, the Our Father. So what is really the difference between the Coptic Orthodox Church and the Roman Catholic Church? Uh, firstly, I have observed that you have a uh, different the color of your, what's, what do you call that, the sotana? Garment is uh, black as compared to the the Roman Catholic Church, which is white. So, what are the other differences? If you are speaking about theological differences in the Catholic Church versus one nature from two natures in the Orthodox Church, the procession of the Holy Spirit from Father only or Father and Son, whether the purgatory, we don't believe in the purgatory. According to our understanding, there is no references to the purgatory in the scripture. The thief on the cross, the Lord told him, today you will be with me in the paradise. He did not send him to purgatory. The immaculate conception, we don't believe the immaculate conception, because St. Mary herself, in Luke chapter 1, she said, the Lord my Savior, which means she needs salvation. She was born with the original sin, and she needs salvation. So on, these are the differences in faith. But there are other differences. They are not major differences, but each church actually has their own way of expressing themselves. So what do I mean by this? For example, most of the Orthodox churches, whether they are Coptic, Ethiopian, Eritrean, Russian, Greek Orthodox, when you see them, you will find them, they are wearing black garments. 
covering their heads like us actually you can say this is an orthodox priest or orthodox bishop either Coptic or Greek or Russian or Ethiopian from wearing black black is color of reverence they grow beard also when you see a Russian monk a Russian priest a Greek priest they are growing beard also and they are covering their heads so that is all the Orthodox Church look like this the Catholic Church now they have this color and they, they don't grow beard only the Cardinals they I think, dress in, in red color the Pope in white color but all of us all of us whether Orthodox or Catholic in the Divine Liturgy in the Mass we wear white garment so when we are celebrating the Eucharist you the communion white. all of us wear white a symbol of purity in front of God so when we see a mass celebrated by the Pope or Cardinals or Bishop in the Catholic Church everyone is vested in white the same way in the Orthodox Church when we praise the Divine Liturgy we are vested in white why is there a need to cover your heads it's a sign of submission if you look at the police or at the army why they have head over their heads it's a sign of submission so we say there is a submission here so the deacons submit to the priest the priest submit to the bishop the bishop submit to the pope the pope submit to the holy synod so this to keep the hierarchy the order in the church it's a sign of submission do you believe in life after death what's your concept of death Absolutely, we believe in the eternal life. This, for us, is like a departure. The Lord Jesus Christ, in John chapter 11, when he spoke about Lazarus, he said to the disciples, our friend Lazarus sleeps. So actually, he referred to death as a sleep. So all of us, we die, we sleep. But as we say in the conclusion of the creed, we look for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the age to come. You know, the creed, we believe in one God, God the Father, the you Almighty. believe in the resurrection? Absolutely. The second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, all the dead will be raised. Will be raised to the resurrection of life, and unfortunately, the ungodly will be to the resurrection of condemnation. We read this in John chapter 5. The Lord Jesus Christ said, The hour will come in which all those who are in the graves will hear the voice of the Son of God. Those who did righteousness, they will be raised into the resurrection of life. Those who did not do righteousness, they live wickedly, they will be raised into the resurrection of condemnation. So all of us will be raised, will stand before God, God will hold each one of us accountable, and either people will go to the kingdom of heaven with the Lord and with all the saints and the righteous, for the ungodly and the wicked and the non-believers, they will go into the condemnation in hell. Back to the programs you are offering to the Taklobanans, to the people of Tacloban City. Uh, are these programs uh, being offered to just the members of the foundation or the members of your church or these, these are offered to all the people in Tacloban City? All our programs are open for everybody, to not only to the members of the church, but to everybody. Yesterday, for example, the medical mission here, uh, I think they told me, the dentist, they saw 700 cases. We don't have 700 members in the church, 
but it is open for every single person in the community here. So how would we know that you have the programs being offered, particularly this medical mission, and because many of us are in need of medical assistance, so how could we avail of these programs? We announced it yesterday, actually in the radio, they announced it several times, and we tried to market to announce it to the local people here to know it is open for everyone and also announce it on our Facebook and social media in the church. In your uh, congregation and Orthodox Church, do you have any plan to, of course, uh, extend also help to those uh, less fortunate people, uh, eminence? In America, yes, we are willing actually to send monetary support to help the people here. Do you allow yourselves to, to get marriage also? Yes. Since actually the Council of Nicaea back in 325, the issue of having clergy married or not was discussed actually in the Council of Nicaea. All the churches agreed to allow the priests to be married, but not the bishops and not the pope or patriarch. The only church that insist on the celibacy of all the clergy was the Church of Rome. And this is another difference between the Roman Catholic Church and the rest of the churches. So in all Orthodox churches all over the world, you will find priests married. We have married priests. But the bishops, the metropolitans, the patriarch, the pope, are celibate. They are chosen from the monks. This great bishop Ruiz was a monk, and then he became a bishop. I was a monk, and then I became a bishop. But Father Mina was married lay person. And then when God called him, he called him to the priesthood. So now he is a married priest. The monks also can be priests. So there is monk priests. But the priests that are serving in, in the world are married priests. And this is not only the Coptic Orthodox Church, but all the churches except the Church of Rome. And recently, actually, even the Catholic Church started to allow married priests in their church. So recently, even the Roman Catholic Church started to change this and to allow their priests to be married. I just want to know what's your stand of the Coptic Orthodox Church regarding the LGBTQ and the divorce? Regarding LGBTQ, it is not biblical. Because in the Bible, God created man and woman. And the marriage is between man and woman. In Romans chapter 1, St. Paul made it very clear it is a sin. Homosexuality or same-sex attraction is a sin. That's why we don't allow same-sex marriage. We love the LGBTQ and we care for them. But because we care for them, we call them to repent. We call them to repent and return back to God and correct their way. And instead of continuing as homosexual, they have to repent and change. Because as we say, the Lord Jesus Christ loved the sinner but hate the sin. So we hate the sin. We hate the sin of homosexuality. We hate the sin of the LGBTQ. But we love them and we call them for repentance. We call them to live a straight life. Regarding divorce, this again another difference between the Coptic Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church. 
The Catholic Church doesn't have any divorce, but they allow for annulment. Annulment, but there is no divorce. But if you read in Matthew chapter 19, the Lord Jesus Christ said, a person cannot divorce his wife except for sexual immorality. So the Lord here in Matthew chapter 19 made it very clear in the case of sexual immorality, a person can divorce his wife. That's why the church, the Coptic Orthodox Church, does not allow divorce at all except in sexual immorality. But in cases of abuse, for example, we allow separation in order to protect the victim, to, uh, to protect the abused party. But as St. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, if a wife left her husband or departed from her husband, maybe for the reason of, of abuse, remains unmarried, or if her husband repented and he is not abusive anymore, then she can reconcile to her husband. But only divorce in the Catholic Church for sexual immorality, as the Lord mentioned in, in Matthew chapter 19. Uh, this time I think we have to listen to the parting words of our visitor. I am very happy in this press conference. I'm very happy that you made your time to come and ask all these questions to inform the people in uh, Tatlaban here about the Coptic Orthodox Church and about what are the common ground that unite us and also the differences between the two churches. We pray for the Filipino people. We pray for the people here in the island of Tacloban. As I said, we came from America to Shulav and we are willing to help in poverty in, in any other area. You can connect with us through His Grace Bishop Ruiz and through Father Nina Maurice. The, the service that the Coptic Orthodox Church is providing not only for the members, but for every single person here in the island. Uh, we have good memories from the time we spent here. We're looking forward to see you in the future and to come again and to visit this beautiful island, the island of Tacloban. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, His Eminence uh, Metropolitan Anba Yusef of the Coptic Orthodox Church.